Moms can come in every shape and form, and sometimes their children happen to have fur and wagging tails. This isn't a dog training podcast. It's not a dog advice podcast. This is a safe space for dog moms to celebrate and commiserate. This is Rescue Dog Moms, a parenting podcast. I'm Yamini, and this is Boss. Hello, hello, rescue dog moms and dads. This is Yamini, and welcome to the first episode of Rescue Dog Moms. I'm so excited to start this project, and honestly, it's been a great excuse just during this pandemic when the only person I'm really talking to is my partner and my dog to connect with all of the dog moms in my community, learn about their dogs, and learn about how their dogs inspired them to do great things. For our first episode, I'll be speaking to Melanie, who is dog mom to Nanaimo, a blind dog who I discovered through Instagram in the rescue community. He's such an amazing dog, such a personality on him, and just adorable. And really, really, to me, made me realize how different different dogs are and um, how much joy all kinds of dogs can bring to you. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I found it really educational. I learned so much from Melanie. She's such a advocate for special needs dogs and for blind dogs as well and blind animals. So again, enjoy. Well, thanks Melanie for being my first guest. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited too. Thanks so much for joining us at Rescue Dog Moms, just me and boss. To get things started, tell me a little bit about yourself and tell me about um, Nanaimo as well. Yeah, so Nanaimo is my first dog, believe it or not. He is a two-year-old rescue dog. I'm not sure exactly what his breed is, but he's a tiny little guy um, and he's blind whether he was born blind or not, I'm not entire, entirely sure. I have my own theories there. Um, but yeah, he's he's very sassy. He's very, very sweet and gentle and smart. And I can talk about him for hours. So <laughs> that's great. Let me that's know what, what you want to know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can definitely see some of that personality in your social media. I can definitely see the sass. Um, I know you've mentioned as well that he is a little bit of a lazy guy or he just likes to lounge, which honestly, I feel like some dog owners would just love someone to lounge with. (laughs) I love it. I mean, I'm not the most active person either. So um, I love it. He's super low energy. He does like, you know, hiking. He likes being outdoors some of the time. Um, but he doesn't need a ton of exercise. And yeah, he's just kind of a snuggle bug, loves to be buried in blankets. He's a very funny guy. How long ago did you rescue him? So I started fostering him in July of 2019. And I adopted him in September. So I had him for for 11 weeks before I adopted him. Um, so yeah, we're going on, I don't know, 
two years. <laughs> the pandemic has completely distorted my sense of time, but it's been great. I mean, he is just, he's just added so much to my life, as I'm sure you would say the same for Boss. Oh, definitely. I think we all get a lot of a lot of our own enrichment from our dogs, um, mm -hmm. a lot of inspiration sometimes. And obviously, that comfort and that company and all those things you want from a dog. Tell me a little bit about your rescue story. I know that um, you started by fostering him, like you said, how did that start? And did you always feel comfortable fostering a dog who might require some additional needs? No, I definitely didn't. So I started fostering in January of 2019. So like seven months before I started fostering Nanaimo. And um, at first, when I was asked by the rescue, would you be comfortable working with dogs that have special needs? I, I actually said no, I had never had a dog before. I really was super inexperienced with dogs. And I just thought, you know, this, this isn't to the dog's benefit. Like if I don't know how to handle special needs, it's just not a good idea. So the first few dogs that I fostered did not have any special needs. They were really wonderful experiences. And I feel like with each experience, I got a little more comfortable. And I'm not sure exactly when it happened. But at a certain point, I started, I, the idea came into my mind that I wanted to foster a blind or a deaf dog. I think it might have been because I, I became obsessed with this dog who is both blind and deaf. His name is Stevie. He's a Toronto dog, a Toronto rescue. Um, his Instagram handle is at Stevie blind deaf dog, I believe. He does not have eyes. He is adorable. It's just a really, he has a really remarkable story. I know that it wasn't always easy for his parents to sort of transition him to like living anxiety free. But anyway, I was so taken with Stevie. So I get this idea. I was actually, by July, I had become a lot more involved in the rescue world. And I was volunteering as a foster coordinator at this Toronto rescue. We, I find out that this little dog, Nanaimo, needs a new foster. So he had arrived in Toronto a month before. So in June 2019, and he had been placed with amazing fosters who really helped him start coming out of his shell. But after a month of fostering him, their schedule changed. They weren't able to keep fostering him. So anyway... I saw that he was available and I put my hand up right away. There was just something about him. They were posting videos of him like prancing in fields and just, he's really, really cute. That's the yes. thing that people need to know about Nanaimo. Oh, 100%. He's really, really cute. So I didn't really know what I was doing or what I was getting myself into. I didn't have any experience, but I volunteered and that's how Nanaimo came into my life. What did you expect? Like, were you like this? This might be difficult where you're like, oh, I feel like I've had a few under my belt. I'm a foster coordinator, so I'm learning all the time. Like, what were your thoughts before receiving Nanaimo? What were your expectations? I think a mix of all of that. I was excited. I was also nervous. But I wanted the challenge and I wanted to be able, I had no plans of adopting, but I wanted to be able to help 
a blind dog find his forever home. Um, and I just thought that it would be a really rewarding experience. I'm pretty type A, so I did do a lot of research. Um, but the reality is the research out there is kind of all over the place on blind dogs. There isn't like a really great, well, not that I found, one really great resource. I started implementing a million different tips that I had read online and like most of those things I've dropped. Yeah. Um, so it was really trial and error for sure in the early days. Do you find any differences between fostering um, a dog who can see and Nanaimo? Probably fewer than people would expect. Honestly, the most striking thing about fostering Nanaimo compared to every other dog I had worked with was that he was by far the easiest dog, which I think is probably surprising to people. So Nanaimo's issues early on were that he was very shut down. So always like really gentle and sweet tempered. Oh, I should tell you a little bit about his background so people can sort of understand where he came from. Yeah. So Nanaimo was in a hoarding situation before he was rescued. So he was living in Texas other dogs just kind of running wild. The dogs were underweight. When they were found, they were, this is very sad, but they were like covered in fleas to the point that the fleas were crusted onto their bodies and they were covered in feces. And it was like a really extreme situation. The woman who rescued the Nymo in the shelter in Texas called it like a a nightmare, basically. Mm -hmm. So it was a pretty extreme situation. I don't think he had ever been outside ever and I don't think he had ever met people outside of the family I don't know who he lived with but outside of this person who owned him that was like his context so he went from that situation to being surrendered to a shelter and then from there he was pulled uh, by a rescue in Toronto and brought to foster care so poor little guy so when yeah, he that's entered, a lot of big changes it's a lot it's a lot and to not even know like there's a whole world out there right like yeah. his world was one house he had never felt rain he had never walked on grass it was a lot for him to take in when he first entered foster care with his first set of fosters they said like the first couple days he wasn't even really walking like he was almost more crawling so I mean he was incredibly shut down anxious shy so by the time he came into my care, he had had a month to start like, you know, unwinding, decompressing, but he was pretty nervous with me. I mean, my first, like, I remember meeting him for the first time and thinking, oh, this dog doesn't like me. Yeah. Um, like that'll be maybe a challenge. That's different. That was something that started to turn around very quickly was we did form a bond pretty fast. After a few days, he was snuggling me on the couch. But in a way, I think a lot of the challenges had more to do with him having come from a hoarding situation than actually him being blind. Right, yeah. Like when you say like, you know, how did he compare to other dogs I had fostered who had sight? It wasn't that different. I mean, we can get maybe more into specifics of like training and things, but yeah, I would say surprisingly, he's by far the easiest dog I've ever worked with. Yeah, 
he just needed maybe a day or two to understand his new situation and he was there for it. I feel like every dog just has a different threshold with that too. Some dogs need a lot of that trust being built. And then some probably are like, this is nice. This is a new home and I'm really comfortable here. And that's kind of enough. So maybe Nanaimo just warmed up to you right away. was like, great, I have a snuggle buddy. You know, it's been, I, I think it's happened in waves. Yeah. So like in that first week of fostering him, I saw a huge change where he went from being like visibly afraid of me, shaking to being comfortable being in my lap. But I think honestly, I've seen the most dramatic changes in my rapport with him recently. So after let's say the one year mark, where he is becoming so much more affectionate. And I think that's, that's something that people really have to keep in mind when they rescue is it can be an ongoing it's a journey, right? I mean, I hate that word. It's so corny, but um, (laughs) it's a process. And your dog will keep changing and evolving over time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've haven't even had boss a year. And even just six months in all of us, I was very set on, oh, boss isn't really a cuddly dog. Like he just likes his space. And yeah, he became much more cuddly as it went on. And I think everyone I've talked to has said, yeah, the year mark is a surprising one because they really do, I guess, settle in and just um, are able to relax a little bit more and all that good stuff. And it's something to keep in mind too for a lot of adopters out there who might not want to adopt a shy dog. I know that from the fostering perspective, it's tough when you have a dog who's not necessarily ready to meet every stranger and it's hard to get those dogs adopted sometimes. And I think people sometimes take it personally, which they shouldn't. Yes. Um, That's something that I've seen a lot, like working with other fosters and being in this rescue world. You know, if a dog doesn't warm up to you immediately, look, I don't, I don't know, but in my opinion, it's probably not anything to do with you. Yeah. Um, Like that dog is anxious or shy for another reason. And Mm -hmm. so just like giving them the space that they need and the time that they need and not forcing affection on them. That's something that I had to learn. That's the toughest part to explain to Moop because most dog people like just want to pet this dog 24 seven. Oh yeah, that's me. Yeah, I'm the same way. Even nowadays, sometimes boss clearly just wants his own space and I'll just go over and be like, hey, and he'll just look and be like, Ugh, just leave me alone for like five minutes. <laughs> right? <laughs> Nanaimo's the same. I wanted to also maybe just talk about your experiences with the like blindness in general or learning about it through Nanaimo or through the other resources you're looking at, some preconceptions we may have, but what it might actually look like. Because I've, I don't have any experience with dogs without sight. I literally just stalk Nanaimo. And that's pretty much <laughs> my only perspective, which is maybe not the best. So I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. How should we think about um, blindness in animals, especially pets? Um, how should we be talking about it? And how should we care for them in a way that they deserve just like any other pet? It's such a good question. And honestly, I think the biggest misconception that I come across, and this happens every time I take Nanaimo for a walk, I'll meet somebody who feels really sad to meet him. They feel bad for him. And I totally understand, right? If you're not familiar with blindness in dogs, it can be, and you're, you know, an empathetic person. I can understand why it might break your heart a little bit. I guess another thing I didn't say about Nanaimo is is he doesn't have eyes. So he's 
visibly mm-hmm. blind. People can see that he is blind. Yeah. And we can tell, I'll, I'll explain maybe the history of him not having yeah. eyes later, but people can see it right away. So, you know, I'm always hearing like, poor thing and, oh no, it breaks my heart. And recently I actually met this lovely woman in a park and she started crying when she met Nanaimo. And the thing I'm constantly telling people is, first of all, dogs see with their noses, whether they have sight or not. So humans tend to rely on vision quite a lot. (laughs) If you have vision, it's a sense that, you know, you really rely on. That's not the case for dogs. Vision is actually not an important sense for them. They see the world through their noses. They can absolutely live happy lives without sight. There's no question about it. I think that is really the biggest misconception. So, I mean, Nanaimo is incredibly happy. Um, He's super spoiled. He has like a really strong personality. He's incredibly smart. So every vet I meet, every sort of dog sitter or whatever, what have you, is struck by how incredibly smart he is, how easy it is for him to navigate the world, to move through the world. So I think that's a really important one. I hear from people sometimes whose dogs are starting to go blind And that is devastating. Of course, it's devastating. But I think it's so important to keep in mind that your dog will still be happy Mm -hmm. um, and will still be able to move through your space and through the world and have confidence. They might, these might be things that you need to sort of work on and, and build up, but there's no question about it. Yeah, I have this discussion with my partner all the time too, just about dogs with physical disabilities or any sort of um, difference that, you know, other dogs don't necessarily really treat them that differently or that they don't necessarily have, like you said, his shyness like came out of his history, not necessarily out of his blindness. And I think as humans, we can definitely take a lesson from that, that most of the way we see each other is just constructed by how we relate to each other. And dogs don't necessarily look at things that way. They're just like, oh, this is how this dog is. This is how this dog is. It's so true. And, you know, one of the reasons I sort of think Nanaimo was maybe born blind is I don't think he knows he's blind. Yeah. He's just completely content. You know, one of the really sort of interesting things that he does is he'll often, even when he's in in a new space, he, he can sort of sense when there's a wall there or an object in his way. Not always, you know, he does bop his head occasionally, but he's so incredibly attuned to his surroundings. And I don't know exactly how he knows when there are objects in his way, whether it's like the sound of, you know, his footsteps sort of hitting the objects, uh, reverberations. I'm not sure the science behind it, but it's pretty amazing to see. I know that too, a lot of dogs just have really bad vision, like not and they do. I know that, for example, with training boss, he when he relies on his vision, he is much more reactive than when he relies on his nose. So mm. it is something that we try and emphasize with him too, that if he he just like always looks around really nervously sometimes on walks, and that's when he'll tend to be more reactive than when his nose is down and when he's not looking around. So in some ways, I'm just trying to get him to use his eyes much less. (laughs) That's really interesting. He loves sniffing things, but 
Um, and I think it helps him see the world a lot better. But when he relies on his eyesight, he tends to react to like quick motions or people walking or just he just tends to be a lot more anxious. And I've heard that from our trainer as well, that dogs, if they rely on their eyesight, they're a, like they tend to be more, I don't know, like anxious. And they don't have very good vision to begin no. with. So they probably yeah. just see shadows. And I mean, that sounds scary. I don't feel mm-hmm. like any of it us does. would like that. <laughs> It does. Any other points you wanted to bring up about maybe how we want to talk about the topic? Any like, I don't know, is there any terminology we should be avoiding using? I feel like we talk about that a lot with people, but I think we're trying to be more considerate (laughs) with dogs and animals as well. That's a really great question. And I think the best way to think of it is, you know, dogs who have sight or who don't have sight. I, as we've said, I don't think it's as big a distinction or affects their life as much as we imagine that it does. Yes, being blind is a special need, but I think when we, when we start to label blind dogs as having special needs, it's, it's the way we frame it, I suppose. Um, I think it makes the experience of fostering or adopting a blind dog seem so much more challenging, more difficult when we think of it as a special need, um, when really you're just finding a slightly different way of communicating with your dog. So, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it really wasn't that difficult to be able to communicate with Nanaimo, surprisingly, even right at the beginning of fostering him. I can't speak to the experience of having a deaf dog, but in the case of Nanaimo, you know, there's a lot of verbal communication. So, he responds to my voice. He knows no. He knows his basic commands. It's just very, very easy to tell him what I need him to do, whether it's going to his bed. And yes, w- whatever room we're in, he knows the layout of the room. So he can go to his bed from, you know, wherever he's standing in a room. He knows how to drop something that he shouldn't be eating or what have you. So I think when we start to talk about when we ask fosters, like, are you open to special needs? I think it can make the experience seem a lot more daunting than it genuinely is. Yeah, definitely. From what you've said, Nanaimo has been or was an easier foster than those with sight. What would you say to somebody who is considering fostering or adopting a blind dog? What would be the challenges that they may face, but also what are like the rewards? So for challenges or differences, maybe, um, there are a few. I would say you know, you might not be able to ever have your dog off leash. And I don't want to say that definitively because I I have seen some blind dogs be able to be off leash. I just have not accomplished that with Nanaimo and I'm kind of an anxious person. I just don't know that I would ever be comfortable with it. You know, just knowing that if ever he should bolt, it would be really difficult to find his way back to me. Yeah. Um, even though he sees, you know, the world through his nose Um, He could still run into things. He could run into the street. Um, So, I mean, that is one. If you're imagining off-leash adventures, you know, maybe a blind dog isn't the right fit. Although, again, I kind of hate that I'm saying that because I really do believe blind dogs can do pretty much anything if you're really, really devoted as their trainer. Yeah. Off-leash time is difficult too. Some dogs are just not. A lot of, yeah. Yeah, right? like Boss too, again, um, he just sometimes has a little bit of a distraction and it's really 
hard to get him back. So we can keep working on it. Or I could just accept that a long lead may be part of our lives, which is not, in my opinion, a huge loss. But I understand what you're saying, too. Some people do really imagine doing a lot of off-leash activities with their dogs. Another one for for us, at least, is I don't bring him to, to dog parks. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is... So because Nanaimo doesn't have eyes in August of 2019, so he was blind already when I started fostering him, but in August of 2019, he developed pretty severe glaucoma. Really the only solution was removing the eyes and nucleating the eyes is the technical term to spare him the pain. And it was honestly the best thing that I've ever done for him. He went from living with chronic pain to living pain-free. So um, don't hesitate to do that. Anyone who's in a similar situation, you're really like liberating your dog. But because he doesn't have eyes, interestingly, that does affect his relationships with other dogs. Mm -hmm. Because eye contact can be important in dog greetings. And Nanaimo obviously can't make eye contact. And he might not, he he just can't pick up on the visual cues. So whatever that like little dance that dogs do with each other, he doesn't always give the other dog the greeting that they're expecting. And so what can sometimes happen is he will get picked on a little bit. So um, especially by little dogs, <laughs> little dogs. Yeah. I mean, he's a little dog as well. He's yeah. 20 pounds, but little dogs will often snap at him or lunge at him. And, you know, it's easy enough for me because he's so tiny and docile. I can just sort of s- scoop him up in my arms, but that's kind of an ongoing thing that I'm just like very aware of. And like increasingly, I'm sort of limiting his interaction, his sort of greetings on the street with other dogs. But he loves other dogs. If it was up to him, mm. he'd be he'd be around them all the time and playing all the time. And I definitely still, he has play dates with doggy friends who have sight all the time. Yeah. Um, and he loves to roughhouse with them. And But it's, it's I would say it's new dogs and greetings that can be that can like pose a little bit of a a challenge sometimes yeah other than those two things I mean something I have to think about when I'm bringing him to a new place like let's say a friend's house is do they have open stairs Mm -hmm. because that's a really scary and very real thing for me you know he doesn't know that there's a staircase there it would be so easy for him if there isn't a baby gate to fall down stairs and be seriously injured he does know how to go up and down stairs on his own but I have to tell him there are stairs there Mm -hmm. so I will say up or down and he can with those simple commands he's good but if he were running he is still young and he gets really playful spurts and he'll like run around and um, get the zoomies. Yeah. So that's something I have to think about if I'm bringing him somewhere new. But I mean, other it's, I know it sounds funny. Like there just aren't that many significant challenges. I guess another one in for certain people would be, you know, if anybody like me is going through this situation where their dogs are blind and now suddenly they have to have their eyes removed, you know, it is an expensive surgery, get pet insurance. Yeah. And 
you know, it's hard to see your dog with stitches and recovering from surgery and, you know, tired. And so that's a challenge. And, you know, it is so worthwhile because it changes the dog's life and they still look really cute after. They look adorable. Post in the inoculation. Is that how you pronounce it? Inoculation? And nucleation. Nucleation. Okay. (laughs) Since the surgery, are there other vetting pieces to consider? Do you still do you have to visit a vet more regularly or do you just do a yearly checkup like everyone else? Not at all. Just a yearly checkup. And I mean, even I guess with the average blind dog, there shouldn't be, I don't think, more reasons to see the vet. But obviously, you know, if if the dog has something like glaucoma, then yes, you might be giving the dog eye drops for maybe even years. People often do that to try to to try to save the eye, of course, and to try to avoid that surgery. Personally, I'm really glad that he had the surgery early in his life. Yeah. I think we tend to keep the eyes more for our sake than for their sake. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, It might be a scary idea if you don't have a point of reference either. So for example, if you don't have someone on Instagram who you can see like is living a happy life after it. So I'm sure a lot of people feel alone in that and keep the eye just because they think it's the right thing to do. Absolutely. And I, and I totally understand how they feel. And, you know, I was terrified as well. I shed so many tears. I just, even when you know you're doing the right thing, it doesn't mean that it's easy. Since having Nanaimo, I know that at least through your social media, you've definitely tried to become an advocate for those, um, for dogs with blindness, or just at least spreading um, some knowledge on your experience with Nanaimo. Did that a decision you made? Was that just something that started coming along? Is that something you're planning on doing more of? I'd love to hear more about just how your experience with Nanaimo has uh, changed you in that way. It sort of happened, I think, because it didn't, it wasn't intentional. So I don't have personal social media at all. I don't love social media, to be honest. I did have a rescue account. So I had this account where I would post my various fosters in an attempt to get them adopted. And that really does help them get adopted, by the way. Um, You know, adopters potential adopters being able to follow along and see the dog every day and get glimpses of of their personality. It really, really helps. So I had an account for that. And I started sharing Nanaimo there when he was my foster and I was trying to get him adopted by another family. And people just really responded to him in a way that I've never experienced before. I think he just, you know, again, I'm going to be corny, but he really touches people's hearts. I mean, he's this little eyeless guy who is just the funniest, sassiest, sweetest dog. Um, So anyway, I mean, I just started getting such a nice response from people, which was really, really nice. I mean, to feel that people were interested and people were maybe learning things that they, they never knew before about blind dogs. I started getting a lot of questions from people. So DMs, which I always try to answer because, you know, I felt very alone in, in some of, especially with those medical experiences. I felt very alone in some of my early experiences with Nanaimo. And I think when you're able to connect with somebody who's been through the same thing, it can just help so much. 
So yeah, I started receiving a ton of love, a ton of questions. And I realized that, yeah, I can help people. I mean, look, I don't want to sound like I'm so altruistic. It's fun for me to post on that account. I mean, I really just enjoy it. I think he's, I think my dog is so cute. And I've got 13,000 photos of him in my phone and might as well put um, them to good use. (laughs) Yeah, I really it it brings like a little I think it adds silliness into my life that is otherwise like not really there. Just total levity and the fact that people respond to it really means a lot. And in terms of like ongoing advocacy, um, something that I'm that I'm working on now actually is creating a podcast Mm -hmm. all about blindness, blind dogs. And the reason for that is I really have had difficulty finding resources. Um, Websites and blogs tend to give like the same pieces of information, like, um, you know, don't move your furniture around, which is true. You you probably shouldn't move your furniture around too much if you have a blind dog. But yeah, it's sort of like the same top 10 tips over and over again. Like I want to know more things. I mean, I still have questions. Yeah. And that's part of why I want to do the podcast. Like I want to get some answers. So like, what really is the best way to leash train, let's say a blind dog. So yeah, that's the idea. It wouldn't be like a weekly show. I mean, this is so incredibly niche. I think maybe three people are going to be listening. But the idea is just to sort of put it out there and have it live as this resource that hopefully can provide some answers for people. I think it's an amazing idea. And I also think there's probably in your head three people, but there's probably (laughs) way more that are interested. And I think your account definitely shows that on Instagram, at least, you know, like I wouldn't have necessarily known anything about that topic if it weren't for Nanaimo and looking at his experience, looking at how silly he is. He's so lovable. And I think that's enough of a barrier to just help people open their minds a little bit to the possibility of having a dog in your life that maybe isn't exactly what you thought on paper, but might still be perfect for you in a way that you maybe didn't imagine. I mean, I still can't believe I adopt, not only did I adopt a dog because I promised myself I wouldn't, Yeah, (laughs) but I adopted this little, I mean, I always thought, okay, so I always thought I'm going to have a big dog. I don't like little dogs. I was picturing a border collie, which would be a terrible match for me. The opposite of Nanaimo, pretty much. The opposite of Nanaimo, (laughs) other than the brains, because he really is smart. You know, the most high energy working, working dogs. So yeah, he's not at all what I imagined. And I still laugh about it sometimes affectionately. Yeah, you just, you can't always predict the dog that you're really going to bond with. And that just feels, ends up feeling like such a fit for you. Yeah, I think that in itself is a great message. And then of course, when you add elements that might make a dog look, you know, less adoptable, those are not necessarily, like you said, not necessarily as big of a deal as you might think. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And I feel like I should say like why he was an easier dog than some of my other fosters. And I don't want people to think they can apply this personality to every blind dog because blind dogs are just dogs. So their personalities are going to be radically different. But in his case, so I mean, with other fosters, I dealt with separation anxiety, which is not something, um, although this pandemic might bring that on a TBD, we're going to see how that <laughs> 
how things pan out when I have to go back to work uh, in an office. No separation anxiety with Nanaimo, no reactivity, which was something I dealt with with other fosters, which I should say, I, I don't mean that people should not adopt dogs yeah. with those challenges. And in fact, you know, Nanaimo's always got something new that we need to work on. Dogs are constantly changing. Exactly. <laughs> They're not static. And often you think you're adopting the perfect little dog and really they haven't decompressed yet. And, you oh, know, yeah. three months from now, they're going to be reactive. I think the number one reason that he is a really easy fit for me is that I do live alone. I do work in an office and, and he is okay being alone through the, throughout the day yeah. um he's so content i have like one of those dog cameras he yeah. just sleeps all day long and that's not the case with every foster right definitely so not that's, that's why i i tell people to fall if you want to if you want a dog foster foster a few dogs and you'll find the one that fits into your lifestyle yeah definitely and sometimes the way a dog looks or the breed they're at is not necessarily reflective of what they're actually going to be like. So <laughs> you just got to no. gamble and uh, see with a foster dog. It's great. You can really test that out. You do not want to be adopting or buying a dog based on appearance. No. That is the least important <laughs> quality. I mean, that's probably how I would have 10 years ago. Yeah. That's what I probably what I would have done. I didn't know anything about, you know, different breeds being uh, dogs being bred for different purposes, but you live and you learn, right? Mm -hmm, definitely. Another another cliche from me. <laughs> I love it. I love a good deep cliche. How is life for you and Nanaimo now? How are you guys coping with the pandemic, with being a constant dog mom? anything you guys are working on right now together? Yeah, a lot has changed this year. It's definitely brought on some challenges and some things that I need to, that I am working on with Nanaimo and that I need to keep working on. So one is that he's become a lot more barky. I think it's the, it's the technical term. He is more protective of home I think because nobody comes over so it is like very now very alarming and I think frightening for him to have people come over so look I'm not going to have people come over um, I can't really address that right now but definitely I'm going to be calling our trainer for a session once once it's safe to do that. Another thing is I am a little bit worried about separation anxieties. There are things you can do for that and that I can do for that, like creating him even though I'm home and um, making sure that I'm in a different room from him. And I am doing that, but I don't think I'm doing it enough to be yeah. honest. So earlier today, I've been staying with family for a few months because of the pandemic and, you know, living alone, it's, it's, that's its own challenge during a pandemic. It's he has started howling when I leave the room. So that is very oh, concerning. No. That is very, that's a new development. That's very concerning. So I do know, I know how to address that. So there'll be a lot more great time moving forward, but things are good. I, I like, I'm not trying to be negative. It's been, oh, thank God I've had him during the pandemic. I yeah. Mean, he's like, <laughs> I don't know what I would have done. I mean, he's just, yeah, he's, he's my buddy and he makes every day fun. And it's just made such a difference for me to have him. And he's had some, you know, some uh, new medical challenges 
as well. He he had knee surgery four weeks ago. Um, oh. And that is a, a much harder recovery than yeah. having their eyes removed. It's a long recovery. It's about eight to 10 weeks. And it is very painful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that has been its own challenge. But starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel been four weeks he's able to walk around a little bit now so we're getting there but 2020 not not my favorite year no I think a lot of people would join you in that (laughs) yeah but thank god for dogs at least for me I'll say 2020 was a shitty year but I got boss so at least have one big positive that's true when what what month did you adopt him again in May. That is so strange to me to hear because I feel like I've been following boss for a couple of years. <laughs> I genuinely feel that way. And I think it's because this year has been so slow and I've yeah. spent so much of it on Instagram. Oh, a hundred percent. It's time for the speed round. For our speed round, our dog mom will answer questions as quick as they can about their dog. Let's go. Um, is Nanaimo shy or outgoing? He's a shy boy, for sure. He does love people and dogs, but he'd rather be alone with me, I think. Games or treats? Oh, treats. Treats. Super food motivated. Loves a game, loves playing, but he'll take food any day. Collar, harness, or other? We use a martingale collar, which works really well for a blind dog. It gives like just the right amount of communication mm-hmm. while being gentle. So I love, I love a martingale. Dog bed or human bed? Oh, human bed. <laughs> I'm a suck. Yeah. <laughs> Squeaky toys or balls? Or balls are kind of a challenging one for blind dogs. Yeah, or fair. Fetch, fetch is challenging. We do play with balls though. Um, squeaky toys for sure. Uh, my favorite thing to do is like squeak it right by his face and he'll lunge for it. People or dogs? Dogs, 100%. Yeah. Still, He's still shy around new people. Mm-hmm. He, he loves all dogs. Summer or winter? Summer, 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 summer. Yeah, me too. He hates the winter. <laughs> he doesn't want to walk in the winter. He doesn't want to be near the snow. Summer. Walks or cuddles? He's not a huge fan of either. <laughs> <laughs> Cuddles. If it's with me, cuddles. Yeah. He doesn't really love a walk unless it's a hike. He does like to be in like a quiet, natural place. Early walk or sleep in? Sleep in. Mm-hmm. I found the one dog who lets me sleep in Boss and he, and he wants to. Yeah, I get up before him actually. He stays <laughs> in bed. Guard dog or greeter? He's more of a guard dog, especially since the pandemic. It's, this mm. is new. He used to be a greeter. So we'll see. We'll see if that's a permanent thing. Does he like big dogs or little dogs? I think he likes them all. Yeah. I've never seen him dislike a dog. So even you were saying he gets picked on. So even when he gets picked on, he just lets that happen. He's like, he doesn't fight back. Yeah. 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 So I have to step in and kind of advocate for him. But probably the best is dogs that are his size. Mm Because then they can really like play rough and they're evenly matched (laughs) squirrel chaser or scent follower i don't think he knows squirrels exist wow yeah (laughs) (laughs) yo yeah he's got a um he's got quite the nose so scent follower for sure tricks or just blank stares (laughs) or i guess that question doesn't apply (laughs) 
know it kind of does. I mean, he's great at tricks. I, have, his... I need to teach him more. Yeah. Um, what are his favorite tricks to do? Paw mm-hmm. is one of his favorites. I taught him relax, which is basically just down, but I think it's funnier to say relax. There are some that I don't think he loves doing. I don't think he loves it when I tell him to go into his crate, but he'll do yeah. it. Costumes or naked? Oh, he prefers being naked, but I think it's hilarious to put him in costumes. Does he cooperate for the most part? He kind of plays dead. (laughs) If I put him in a new like sweater, he just sort of turns into a potato and flops to the floor. He won't walk in them. Last one, I guess would be mostly self-explanatory. Is he a mama's boy or a papa's boy? He's only got one option. (laughs) Does he have any, like, I know you said he's shy with people. Is he, like, more shy with men or with women? Anything like that? No. Equal opportunity pup. He likes men. He likes women. He's just very tentative. He doesn't really want to be touched. Mm -hmm. He loves to, he loves to sniff new people. He will drag me to people so that he can say hello. So he, he is friendly but it's when they try to touch him that he gets very skittish i think to be fair a lot of dogs are probably like why like why do you need to touch me now i would feel that way (laughs) i know i always think that way too (laughs) the things we do with dogs are weird like we wouldn't do them to each other but we'll do it to a stranger's dog exactly that's the end of that thank you so much this was fun thank you so nice chatting with you um how about you let the listeners know where they can follow Nanaimo's crazy adventures. You can follow Nanaimo on Instagram at Nanaimo the dog. Stay tuned over there for news of the upcoming podcast, which I'm hoping to launch later this winter. Amazing. I can't wait to hear about it and see where it goes. That sounds amazing. Give boss a scritch for me. Will do. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Rescue Dog Moms is a project by Yamini, inspired by her rescue dog boss, who you can find at The Puggle Boss on Instagram. To keep up with the Rescue Dog Moms podcast, you can follow us at rescuedogmoms.ca or on Instagram at rescuedogmomspod. See you next week.
It's the speed round. That was too loud, wasn't it? 